What's going on, team? Welcome to an episode of the Keep Going Podcast Season 2. This is your co-host, Luke Wheat, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Before the show starts, make sure to follow us on our socials. Okay, Twitter, the Keep Going Pod, Insta, the KG Podcast, and YouTube, at the KG Pod. Just a reminder that we are not psychiatrists and not psychologists, just a couple ex-athletes trying to make a difference and end the stigma of mental health. Thank you guys for listening, and let's get to the show. That keep going moment. My keep going moment. That's my keep going moment. Let's keep going. Welcome to episode 50 of the Keep Going Podcast, Athletes Shining a Light on Mental Health. This is your co-host, Luke Wheat, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm joined by Pat O'Malley, Jackie Tripp, and Seth Nielsen. Pat, where are you coming out of today? Yeah, man, I'm out here in Roscoe, Illinois. Um, by a chance of God, I made it back here last night. We'll talk more about that today. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happy to keep going and uh, have a great Sunday. Luke, what's up with you? Where are you at? No, we're good. We're in Knoxville, baby. Just uh, won the double yesterday, so we got regular season champs and, and conference champs Congrats, for the Luke. team at Maryville. And, dude, it was a grind. Double overtime game. The girls, the girls, man, they stuck it out. They absolutely grinded their butts off last night, and uh, they really played for each other. And it, it was a great win. It was awesome. It defines the season and what you guys have been trying to put together. And uh, we call those culture wins in my world, yeah. Luke. Congratulations. Absolutely. Jackie, what's up with you, girl? Not much. I'm coming out of Plymouth today. But speaking of soccer, I got to shout out Bridgewater State because we have both our men's and women's teams back-to-back are playing in the championship today too so i'll be out there later today love it good luck to bridgewater thank you d3 lives matter baby we're starting off strong oh yeah that's right that's absolutely right yes sir yes sir uh jackie appreciate you sharing seth where are you coming out of man how you doing pretty good i'm out of st paul right now um in minnesota oh nice love it man definitely beautiful this time of year hopefully with the weather everything's good out there but Seth, as I told you in the prelude, we're lucky to have you. Uh, We'll go into some stuff here very shortly, but got to put Luke on the spot. It is episode 50. Did you come with a a guy or a girl today? Oh, man, I don't have one today. I was looking up up some NBA players, and and I couldn't find one that was like a big hitter. Jack, you got a number 50? No, I, I was... I can't think of... If there's not an NBA player I can think of off the top of my head, then they're probably not a big hitter. It said Aaron Gordon. It said Aaron Gordon. And that I don't know if he's 50 or not, but that's what the, the research says. No, he, he is, but he's not, like, glaringly somebody that's worth mentioning. Yeah. I want to just be very candid. I did not look either. But did Zach Randolph wear 50? He no, did. He did. I thought he was 51. Right yeah. I think Randolph oh, I thought, I thought he was, was he, he 51 on Memphis? No, um, he's 50. He's 50. Oh, he's 50 on okay. Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Good call, Pat. Good call, that's Pat. That's the only time I'll ever get an NBA number right. I'm not a big NBA guy. 51 is going to be tough, too. I'm not – I'm worried about that, actually. I got one for this week. But I got one for this week. I got one for next week. We'll be fine. But, Seth, something we do every week is the kind of the number deal. But something else that we do every week is what do you do this week for your mental health? So, Seth, I'm going to have you start. Let our listeners know what you do this week. Yeah, so for me, I'll start off by saying just by putting myself in social situations to, like, better my mental health. So um, a few weeks ago, um, I made a move. Um, I moved in with um, two of my best friends. I'm a 
known them the last like 10, 15 years. Um, and just the last like few weeks, like um, being around their positive energy, I've noticed a huge shift in my like positive mental health um, and just like doing things. Um, um, I know they both um, check in with me on a like super frequent basis. Um, and so I constantly know that um, they care about me. They care about like how I'm doing. So by just putting myself around people who like r really care about me, I've noticed like not just this week, but in the last few weeks since moving, that's been a huge positive impact on my personal um, mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love um, that. And that I kind of struggle with this topic a little bit because you know, I try and be around positive people all the time. And I try and kind of be in those spaces, be in those groups of positivity. Um, but another thing I've tried to do in the last year is try and inject the positivity into some people that I know have a little bit more negative mentality. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a tough balance to kind of walk there because if you're around them a lot, then it feels like you're kind of getting pulled down to the negative side. But it's, it's tough to make that change for some people, but that's something that I've been trying to do the last year. It's funny that you say that, Seth. No doubt, no doubt. Jackie, how about you? Um, trying to think of, like, I try and do a lot of things for my mental health, but honestly, the past few weeks, my job has been really good for my mental health. I started waitressing at a new restaurant near me, and I haven't felt this part of, like, a team environment, I think, since like I was on a basketball team, just yeah. everyone there is so good for my mental health. I couldn't ask for a better manager, ownership, coworkers, and I just love going there. And I've just been so fully present there working and I've grown a lot as a worker and socially by being there. So that's been the best thing for me lately. Absolutely. I love the I love the little text you shoot us about people that you meet while you're waitressing there. It's yeah, pretty I've cool. always meeting people. It's awesome. It it honestly say you guys got a pretty tight knit community up there. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. No, Pat, what you been into this week, buddy? Yeah, I agree. And I'm sorry for being off camera. I was just oh, go ahead, that. dude. You're good. But what I would say is this: uh, what I'm hearing from Seth, what I'm hearing from you, Luke, what I'm hearing from Jackie is like really getting with your people. Last couple of weeks, if it's moving into a new apartment, if it's you know job camaraderie, right? If it's being with your players, being with your students. And really feeling like, hey, if it's a positive, how can we keep it positive? If it's a negative, how do we turn the negative at least to neutral and then move forward as a team? So for me this week, I think it was a little bit similar, but a little bit different. Um, I mentioned in the prelude that uh, I popped the tire last night on I-90 yeah. uh, coming back from dinner with my papa. And it was a great day leading up to that. Um, no one was hurt. Everyone's safe. No big deal. But I had a six-hour delay out there in traffic, and it gave me a lot of clarity. And I thought, God, like, why is this happening right now? Like, why? I have to shoot the podcast. I have a workout tomorrow. Why is this all going on? And as the hours went by, I got more clarity, more gratitude for what I did have. So I think God slowed me down. The universe slowed me down and said, Pat, everything is just fine. But I want to just confirm with you one more time that, not only things are going great, but everything is fine based on 
you have people in your corner. Like the tow people were great. My girlfriend was great. My mom was awesome. You really have that time. When you sit in a car by yourself for six hours, you want to talk about some alone time? That was yeah. it for me. So I would challenge everyone this week coming up to not only be grateful for what we do have, but also understand that things are going to happen and that life is good, right? And how we handle things is 90% of it. So I just wanted to touch on that. That's all. Amazing. That's that's a tough struggle. I've been there. Um, I popped a tire twice in a row within a month last year, and it's it's probably one of the most helpless feelings you can have every now and then. But if you have your people in your corner, that that's an amazing feeling. Um, no so like like Pat said earlier, we got Seth, Seth Nielsen here with us, um, program director at Culture Change and founder of a mental health organization. Seth, before uh, we kind of get into the the bigger questions of kind of your life. Talk us through those two companies that you're working with right now, Culture Change and the mental health organization that you founded. For sure. So um, in 2018, um, I founded Mental Health Mankato as a sophomore in college. So um, I founded Mental Health Mankato, um, like after kind of a combination of personal struggles, but also seeing like friends and family struggle. I knew it was time where I had to take like this passion um until um like advocacy um try and start to create a change and so um we put on um like mental health fundraising events like dodgeball events we put on some super cool mental health first aid classes um and cut the cost for students um a lot of other super cool things so that was like 2018 to 2020 i want to say and then in 2020, myself and my mental health Mankato co-founders um, co-founded the 501c3 nonprofit culture change. And culture change um, was founded to destigmatize mental health through policy change and education. Um, in order to address both of those um, together, we started by advising universities on their mental health policy and practices. Um, we worked with the Bandana Project, um, a few different like Active Minds chapters, a few different um, student government, um, student government um, like umbrella organizations that governed um, a lot of different um, student bodies, and so then by creating resources for them, we were able to effectively pass policy at multiple schools across the Midwest and wow. advise schools across the country. So, so, so like all of those experiences right there was like specifically targeting um, the policy part of our mission. Then to address the education part of our mission, we got sponsored by the Mankato Clinic Foundation, and the Mankato Clinic Foundation sponsor was to was um to pay culture change to send volunteer teachers to teach our mental health content in schools. Um, so that was um our first year and a half of of operations, and then we put both of those two experiences together and created our K through twelve school mental health framework. Um, our School Mental Health Framework is a um, one-stop shop for K-12 standards-based curriculum. It's a one-stop shop for um, professional 
development curriculum for educators. Um, we've got screening tool recommendations for school-based mental health professionals, policy recommendations for district administrators, um, a survey to measure all of the, um, the effectiveness of these resources. And we're currently building on to the existing resources by teaming up with um, tech company Project Carla to develop soft, um, software, specifically artificial intelligence, to um, address student mental health and taking away communication barriers that may exist between teachers and students. Um, yeah, absolutely. Then we're currently working with one of our sponsors, um, Speaks to Inspire, that's based out of Pensacola, Florida, to develop a digital component to the curriculum as well. Um, this package um, called our School Mental Health Framework is sponsored by the Jordan Clark Foundation, who's uh, based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. We're sponsored by Speaks to Inspire, that's based out of, um, as I said, Pensacola, Florida. Um, and we're in this, the process of um, a few more sponsorships and partnerships that span across the country. So I see a lot of growth there. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the business backstory. And then personally, um, I think it's super important to begin with like your personal mental story before like jumping into like everything else. So I played um, a lot of sports as a kid, um, but um, starting in, I want to say seventh grade-ish, I was about 13, um, I started to show signs and symptoms of social anxiety disorder. Um, I personally didn't reach out for help until my second to last day of high school at a presentation, and I just tapped out. Um, yeah. Um, I knew that before um, I attended college, um, this would be a challenge that I'd like have to address first. And so the summer before I went to college, I went to therapy four or five times, and then I got um, medication. So that was kind of like my story. And then um, after I went to college, I noticed a lot more family and friends go to like go through challenges that were a lot greater than my personal struggles and they couldn't always speak up for themselves or others so I knew it was time I like even as uncomfortable as social anxiety made things I knew it was time that I start to speak up take action behind this stuff because I think that um myself and culture change have connections and resources that can really make it so we're able to kind of change the mental health game in terms of providing these resources to kids and um, just expanding upwards. Absolutely. So that's what I've got right now. Um, if there's any questions. Oh, that's amazing. That's that, And it sounds like on the business and uh, school side of things, we got to connect, right? I'm an upper school teacher. I teach juniors and seniors. Um, and I teach like high level kids. I teach AP Spanish and I teach four honors, uh, Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I teach the kids that, you know, it's a lot of performance anxiety. It's yeah. a lot of social anxiety based around, you know, stigma around what classes are you in? 
what are your you know different things like that and and man it's powerful that that your own story moved you to help others i think um especially dealing with social anxiety that's not an easy thing to do to be a founder of a company and to be um you know taking that forefront and getting out and speaking in front of people and it's a testament that you're here today speaking us with us as well so that's that's the first thing i wanted to say yeah luke i gotta piggyback on that seth we're 10 minutes in man i'm coming off a night where i got to my couch at 4 a.m you're speaking to me right now man <laughs> I, I, I almost teared up in the first ten minutes. That would have been a KG record. Um, <laughs> what you just said there is so powerful for a couple reasons. One, you were rocking with the mental health stuff, and this is not to devalue anything. Before the mental health stuff was cool, before this was a huge thing, you were like, you know what? I'm in my 20s, whatever. I'm in Mankato, Minnesota, which I know my brother took an official visit there for football. I know where you're coming from, and I know how tough this must have been getting off the ground, first and foremost. Second thing, you mentioned that you then dealt with it. So not only are you making a difference for other people, but you're dealing with these demons. You're dealing with this stuff by yourself. I could not commend you more for coming on right away and being vulnerable being accountable for what you've gone through, but what you've done and what you've kept going up until this meeting today, I, I'm blown away and I, I'm very excited that one, you're here and two, that I get to hear more about your story. So I just want to say that. Jackie, go ahead. Yeah, and exactly what you two said. And I think there are very few people, I commend you for this. A lot of people talk about mental health and a lot of people have ideas on how to, and and the stigma or make it a better conversation but there are very few people that bridge the gap and are and you're working on bridging the gap by doing all this because not only are you coming on and talking about what you're doing but you're talking about your story too and very few people are able to talk about their story and then take the kind of action that you're taking for it so i just think it's a great thing 100 100 seth i want to stay there that's actually a perfect segue kind of where i was going you're dealing with this, right? You started telling friends, family members, you went to therapy, you talked to people, you lean on your support group. Yeah. Tell our listeners out there, I think this could be a very powerful survival guide for a lot of our student athletes and people that listen. How did you get to this point? Because now you're talking to us like you've been doing this for years, man. So how did we get to this point, man? Because I'm super proud of that. Ooh, um, to this point, I mean... The thing that um my brain always comes back to is that I've heard in different um circles that a lot of times mental health is used as an excuse to not do something to like not accomplish a goal. Um, and I think in in some case the challenge a person deals with it is too great of a barrier or too great of an obstacle to accomplish a certain goal so I'm not saying that it's never too big but um for me in terms of seeing the people around me I just knew that in terms of um standing up for the people close to me in terms of like making the difference I 
promise my family members I would make. Um, the the anxiety that I felt, it wasn't great enough to deter the motivation that was inside me to try and like make the change and put the the action behind the um ideas. So um, I think I briefly touched on this, but I think the internal motivation is so much more powerful, is just like so much more powerful than the like external. Um, in terms of um, my family motivating me, in terms of um, knowing that I'm doing it for other people, I'm not just like, I'm not trying to do it because, oh, it's a popular trendy topic, which unfortunately, um, I'm sure we've seen it like other people do. Um, just always being grounded and trying to remember that it's not for me. It's for the people who are struggling a lot worse than the demons, a lot worse than the struggles that I've personally had. Um, I think are just the foundation of the work that I've done and the foundation of like what's helped like me get to the place I am. My mental health um, challenges it's not an excuse um, to not accomplish anything. It's just another obstacle I've got to deal with, um, just another obstacle I've got to go through to achieve the success, to achieve the things that um, like I want to achieve, like not just for myself, but achieve for like the um, family members and um, even the people I don't know. And hopefully in the long term, I'll be able to impact a lot of people like I've never met. Like that's kind of my yeah. dream. So yeah. That's amazing. Dev, I love you, man. I'm gonna kick it over to Luke. I'm I'm loving this so much. This is to my core already. No, that's I, unreal. I this is this is real. And I and I love your authenticity. I love everything about this. What I wanted to say was this you talk about, you know, helping others leaning on your support group. This reminds me a lot of Igor with the athletic school, how he touched on, hey, mental health is this huge issue, but are people using it as a crutch and not somewhere mm -hmm. to keep going, not, not fuel, not something to build off of and grow every day? No matter what we have going on, we have a choice every day, either to be a victim and have that victim mentality mm -hmm. or rise. And to see you rise, man, oh, it, it, it's it's cool. I, I I'm a little lost for words. Luke, what do you got? Oh, absolutely, and and I would love for you to kind of expand on on high school for me because we have a lot of younger listeners. We have a lot of student athletes, and if you feel comfortable with it, um, yeah. you know, you said it took you a long time to ask for help in high school. So I would, I would love if you feel comfortable enough with this, describe what you were feeling in high school so that these high schoolers right now can know, hey, if I'm feeling this stuff, I may need to reach out and get help early. Yeah, for sure. So in high school, I feel like I had the same mentality a lot of like boys have. Um, I grew up sports. Um, I played a lot of sports. I mean, basketball um, in particular. And... I mean, I grew up and my top player was Kobe. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, I watched Kobe lock in and um, that Mamba mentality that um, 
people I'm always talk about, I think it oftentimes gets misconstrued or not accurately um described to boys. Um, I thought it was, oh, you can't show like signs of weakness. Oh, you can't um like let your guard down. But the whole purpose of the Mamba mentality is doing whatever you can to get better. Like that's what Kobe talks about. He um he tried to get better every single day for like year after year um after year. And um as a kid, I just thought, oh, Kobe doesn't show weakness. Kobe um locks in, he's um just one goal, he's not thinking about anything else. So I thought, oh, if I don't think about these feelings, I don't have to deal with them. So from age like 13 to 18, I was trying to just ignore the feelings I had. And the times that I did think about them, so I didn't know what social anxiety was. Like the one the one part that I made sure with the curriculum I developed for the school mental health framework was I wanted to make sure all of the curriculum was like activity-based to force the students to conversate and practice articulating the way they talk about mental health. That's awesome. Because I know in my health class experience, um, oftentimes it was like you match a definition to a term. And it's like, if you can match anxiety to like what it means or depression to what it means, that doesn't matter if you're feeling it because you don't have the practice articulating about the topic. So, um, so just reflecting on my own experiences, I think was super valuable in terms of developing these school mental health framework resources and um, just promoting that conversation, promoting correct dialogue about these issues, because a lot of these things per- portrayed are sometimes portrayed incorrectly. Yeah. Amazing. And in this day, my Jackie, I know you got some. <laughs> Two things. I like what you said about Kobe, because I think the mob mentality and sometimes just our self-help world is so like driven and we have all this content and like motivation content. I think it's, yeah. Sometimes it's misconstrued into like, let's go, 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 go. But I think more so kind of what you were saying, it's like, no, just do what you can with what you have. Like yeah. I I was read a book or I read a quote this somewhere last week and it was something along the lines of do self-help practices that are for where you are right now, not where you want to be. So don't wake up and think like, I'm going to run five miles today. I'm going to do x y and z 90 things if you're having a tough go or you're having a tough week and all you need to do is just maybe get out of bed and journal do that don't think oh i need to go a million miles an hour like do what you can do with what you have with where you are and the second thing is how you talked about mental health not being definitive like we shouldn't match anxiety to one different definition like you said i have anxiety but i have anxiety about the future my sister has anxiety but she has anxiety because she can't sit still so it's we're and we're identical twins so you shouldn't put anxiety into one box because even you have two identical twins who are very similar 
but we deal with anxiety on two totally different levels. So I needed to touch on those two things. One, do with do what you can with what you have and where you are. And two, it's not it doesn't all go in one box. Everyone experiences mental health on a different level to a different capacity. So I commend and appreciate the fact that you're working on helping people articulate it that way. That's it. That's it. And what a fantastic takeaway there. And I, I was thinking very similar. It's not cookie cutter in this. My anxiety is not the same as yours, Seth. Luke's, yeah. Jackie's, any of our listeners. It's not like we can put everyone in a room and say, this is how we solve anxiety. This is what we're going to do. No, it's trial and error. It's understanding that every day is going to have its own struggles. But man, is it worth it as we continue to carry on? That's extremely strong and, and a great call out by Jackie there. Yeah. That I had to ask you this. This is something I've had on my sheet, man, for a week. I had to ask you, with everything going on in the mental health realm, everything that you have, your kind of the different hats that you wear and the different rooms that you sit in, what is your biggest priority in life? Like, wh- why do you think you were put on this earth? What are you looking to do? For me, you said for, for you. Oh, yeah. oh, perfect. Um, yeah. Um, I think exactly this. Um, and and I try and tell the people I'm close to. Um, I'm gonna be doing this for decades and decades. Like, um, like I think I can do this until I'm past the hundred. Like. I feel like there's so much in terms of business. I mean, in terms of life, there's so much like instant gratification um, thrown at you to where all of my objectives, um, all my goals that I set are long-term with a bunch of short-term goals to get there. And so um, I don't think that this mental health crisis is going to be solved within the next year. I don't think it's going to be solved in the next five years. But I think that we've got the tools to develop resources that will effectively solve the mental health crisis. I know I talked about um, the artificial intelligence component and manipulating tech to benefit youth mental health. Um, I think we can build onto the existing tech, reverse the narrative around tech being a negative influence on student mental health and build virtual reality so students can um address anxiety provoking situations before they become anxiety disorders um i know the last 10 15 years social media has been an extremely negative thing for for adolescent mental health i think that we've got the um tools to completely reverse that and so um i think we like implement effective curriculum policy screening tools in schools. I think um, outside of schools, we manipulate the the technology to reverse the um, existing um, impact that it has. I think um, there's a lot of work that can be done at the treatment center level to better patient mental health. I know um, I've talked to a lot of people and um, Things have been done the same way for a long time. Um, one of my long-term goals is to 
change some treatment centers around and design them to be almost what we currently see for like substance abuse disorders um, in terms of finding new ways to create those natural dopamine reactions. Um, like whether that's in nature, cooking classes, exercise. Um, so finding those new ways to release um, those natural dopamine responses. But um, instead of just for substance abuse disorders, um, find a way for people with like anxiety and depression to get that same treatment as people who are going through um, substance abuse. I think there's just so many different creative ways to solve this mental health crisis. And all of these ways are completely attainable. It's just, in my personal opinion, I'm not going to call out people. I'm not going to call out um, organi like organizations right here. But I think there's a lot of ineffective strategies in place that are keeping this um, crisis um, here. And I think that um, we get creative. I think we get the correct things in action. And solving the mental health crisis is for sure attainable. And that's my purpose right there. I think um, we can do it. I think that um, like this right here can be the start. Let me, let me say this. And this is a quote that, I, that immediately pops up for that. I think therefore I am. Right. If you find if you think there's a solution, there is one. You just have to find it and you have to be willing to do the work. And Seth, a testament to you, man. Well done. I agree. Seth, I'm gonna kick it to Jackie. There is no difference between physical health, mental health, spiritual health, emotional health. It's not in one box, it's not the same thing. It has to be treated the same way in society, or we are going in a backward like. We are going backwards. We are going in the wrong direction as a society. So I love that you called that out with AI and love that you touched on like the mental side and the substance abuse side. Cause we've all in this group been affected by that. Jackie, go ahead. Yeah. Two, one thing and one question I have to say is I like the way you touched on the technology side because I'm big on how social media has negatively affected us. And I like hearing the spin on it where it's like, yes, social media and technology has had this negative impact, but you're looking at it as, okay, it's also a tool. How can we use it to make better change? So I love that. My question here is that you're listing all of these techniques and ways and ideas of how we can progress forward and make mental health, like make changes in the mental health world. And I'm assuming this is because you've done certain practices to benefit your mental health. So is that the case? Is that because you've, what, basically my question I would say is, is this because you've done certain practices that have helped your mental health? And if so, what were they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I touched on this. I'm at the start, but um, my mental health, I feel like in the last year, it's been a little up and down, not just like, social anxiety specific, but in a more general sense, um, right on New Year's, um, as the clock at midnight last year, um, my girlfriend and I broke up. <laughs> and so that kind of sent things into a spin a little bit. And then the the last place I lived, um, I was in a pretty 
isolating um, part of the town. Um, it wasn't in the Twin Cities. It wasn't by the people um, I'm close to. And so I felt kind of alone. And um, I know in the last like even month-ish, like being at this current place, um, I personally um, go to the gym um, with my friends. I know I go out um, for dinner with them, um, invite people over for football. Um, I find ways to do things that like make me happy. And I know for some people, if you can help them find ways to make them happy, I mean, it's a really basic concept, but it's not, it's almost so basic that it's not like being implemented enough. Yeah, um, it's simple, not easy. Right. Simple, not easy. Right. And I think that's a lot of what mental health is. And I think people oftentimes overcomplicate it because they're professionals and they've got all this experience. So let's do this comprehensive thing right here. But, but I think that solving the crisis is a combination between simple solutions and then creativity. And um, I think there's a lot of great ideas out there. And I know um, Culture Trade um, is in the process of partnering with um, Project Carla, the tech company. And I think that's the start of manipulating tech to benefit student mental health. Um, I think there's a lot of other places that um, not just culture change, but other mental health organizations, our government can implement, implement these simple but effective strategies that, I mean, each person goes through. Um, and we just have to help those people who need to find those ways to be happy, find those ways to create those natural dopamine responses. Yes, yes. And I, that's a great cap on that. Jackie's huge on earning your dopamine and understanding, like, how can we get that into our daily routine? Because I think that yes. plays a role. Sunshine, the people that you surround yourself with, what we put into our body physically, what we put into our body mentally. Yes. I think a lot of people, and I'm going on a rant, I do this once a week, so I apologize. I, If you have the opportunity to put in the good you get the good out i've made this exactly. mistake for years i'd wake up monday morning and i'd hate myself Seth. i would i'd go wow here's another monday didn't earn it the last three days let's see if we can fake it again oh. if you put the good in you get the good out and not only that but you give people this spark that you just gave me to talk about this with how you just communicated so i if I use the word commend again, I'm going to cancel myself off of the pod. But <laughs> the, way, the way that you have handled this and the way that you've done this for us today and our listeners, I, I, I love you for it, man. And I appreciate you for doing that. But I got to ask you, man, tell me or keep going, Mulder. Keep going, Mulder. Man, I'm trying to share this a little bit, man. Um, I'll say two stories, sir. Um, first is my personal experience. Um, <clears throat> man, I don't talk about this one a lot, but my personal experience was so that presentation, um, the second to last day of high school that I tapped out on, I'm gonna call my mom. She picked me up from school and, um, 
I, I just gave her the um, drugs I was taking at the time, to be honest with you. And I just said, I need help. And I broke down. Um, and and I remember I, I went home, I played some Madden. Um, I'm a big Madden football guy. Go. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I, I don't know what, like, how to describe this, but I know when I play Madden, I know my performance is sometimes based on my mindset and just like the silliest way. I know if I'm like really upbeat and like in a good mood, I know I just like really play better. And I remember, boy, I was playing awful, but, but that's besides the point. Um, I remember like that specific game of Madden um, after I came home because I feel like I was so focused on like what just happened to me that like, my performance in that video game was so bad, <laughs> but, um, but so just, just like really having that day was the day that like, I knew I was on the correct path. I knew I was taking the steps I needed to take to get better and keep going, but boy, it was hard. Boy, boy, that was tough right there. Um, and then, so that was like, like my internal, like me, keep, like my keep going moment. And then I know um, there was a moment with my grandparents actually um, went to go sleep at their house because some other things were going pretty poorly in my life. Um, not like with me personally, but just like the people around me. And um, I texted people um, close to me. I said, um, if I can't influence like this direct situation, um, I'm going to go influence millions of people um, I've never met before. And um, I think it's really important in life to just follow through on the things you say. And so um, if I'm ever feeling a little like, oh, I'm going to take today off, I think back to that night and that promise I made to go affect like millions of people and I just take myself back to there and I don't have an excuse the mindset is exactly to keep going and following through on that promise is extremely extremely motivating to me and I'm not gonna stop until I get there yeah yeah, yeah. I love that answer and Luke you know this being a teacher being a coach being a friend being a family member you know, it just takes that spark. Absolutely. And I'm inspired right now. I'm actually, I'm getting some work done today after talking to Seth. I mean, I'm freaking inspired. It, it, it sometimes just takes that light bulb moment, right? When you go, I'm done making this my crutch. I'm done being mediocre. I'm done telling everybody about this and doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's strong that you've gone through this over the last couple of years. And yes, every day is not going to be a slam dunk. Every day is not going to be great. But your ability to keep going and bring others with you, man, is something that is refreshing in this generation because a lot of people bring people down or outright just don't put the work in. So to see you put the work in mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, man, is amazing. And I know, We've been here for over 45 minutes on a Sunday, and I appreciate your time. I will get you out of here. But 
Luke, anything to wrap us up with Seth on today? No, I think if anybody takes anything from this, it's, it's just do the thing, right? If you have an idea, you can implement it. And uh, me and Seth are going to be collaborating in the future on how we can kind of get a little bit of that curriculum going in my school, I think. And and because that's something, Seth, honestly, you have inspired me today. I'm in a position where I can affect teenagers every day in a positive way, but I need to try and take it to that next level, right? I need to try and take it and make it a policy at the school, make it a grade level policy, make it something bigger than what I can do by myself, right? And that's, uh, you've inspired me today. So we need to connect after this and figure out how we can do that. So thank you for coming on here and sharing your truth and sharing your story today. Well, I appreciate um, the time. Um, um, it's been a positive experience. Um, appreciate um, the questions. I appreciate the comfortability here. Um, it's it's great. So um, I say thank you back. Um, I look forward to connecting, um, working together, um, all that stuff going forward. And it's been great. Seth, I couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't be bigger for our listeners. And we say it every week. Keep going. No matter what comes in your way, it's worth it. And you're a living testament of that. And I, I couldn't thank you more, man. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Keep going and out. We're not done with you yet, Seth. We'll be in touch. Keep going, Seth. Appreciate you, man. Love yeah, you guys. Appreciate you. Thank you, Seth. Yep, thank you.